the Bible Study Podcast, episode 235. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Samuel with chapter 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may recall that in the last chapter, Saul won a great victory, or his son Jonathan started a great victory, but that Saul caused trouble for himself because he swore an oath that should have required him to kill his son if he had not been stopped by the people. But there are worse problems coming for Saul in this chapter. 1 Samuel 15. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women and children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Talayim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and sent an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, Go away, leave the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. So Saul receives instructions to go destroy the Amalekites. And this is one of those real Old Testament wrath of God things. Everything about them, even infants, women, and children, is to be destroyed. All of their sheep, their cattle, nothing is supposed to be kept. It's very clear, completely destroy them because they attacked and harassed the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt. So this is their punishment for that. And the Kenites, who were good to the Israelites at that point, are spared. But so is Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and so is a lot of the good stuff. Now, they were not supposed to keep things as plunder. They were not supposed to go raiding the Amalekites to make themselves richer. They were acting as God's agent, and they were supposed to bring justice, and they didn't. And they were supposed to bring complete destruction, and they don't. And God says those words you really never want to hear him say about you, I regret that I have made Saul king. That is not good news for Saul. It will not be good news when he hears it. Early the next morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them out from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. 
but we totally destroyed the rest. Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So this is a harsh word, but let's look at what's going on here. Saul has not obeyed what he was told to do, despite the fact that he tries to protest that it was all with good intentions. It was all so that he could bring sacrifices. That was not what he was told to do. And did you notice there's that other subtle little thing there that Saul has come back and made a monument to himself. This is not something that Samuel talks about, but it's yet another symptom that things are not quite right with Saul. Saul is not giving the credit where the credit is due, which is to God who has given him the victory. And he has not followed the instructions that he was given that were very clear and still keeps coming up with excuses. It was the soldiers. It wasn't me. And yes, I brought back Agag, their king. He doesn't even point out that he wasn't supposed to. And we get that very poignant verse, to obey is better than sacrifice. The modern version of that might be that it doesn't displease God, certainly. It pleases God when we bring our offerings to church, when we bring our attendance, when we when we do things around the church, when we all of those sort of things. But what really pleases God is when we are his people, when we act as his people. It's great to bring your offering, but it's not that you can do that on Sunday and live the way you want to the other six days of the week. And what Samuel is saying to Saul is you can't disobey God, but then make up for it in sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. And then he says that rebellion is like the sin of divination, arrogance like the evil of idolatry. And do you see that when Saul raises up a monument to himself, it is on that step to idolatry where what he says has become more important than what God says. And that is what idolatry is. Anything that comes between us and God, anything whose word we take over God, anything whose importance is greater than God becomes for us an idol. 
And so because Saul is at this point a stumbling block, Saul is at this point not obedient, he's told, that's it, you're not king, or you're not going to be king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being, that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of the people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Agag came to him in chains, and he thought, Surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. This is a sad chapter because Saul had a good start because Saul could have chosen a different route. Saul was not like so many that will come after him a bad king, bad from day one, bad on day two, and bad for the rest of his reign. Saul started with a good heart, started by being faithful to God, and over time, got carried away, and not in ways that seem terrifically bad to us. And one thing that's interesting is he keeps going back and blaming the people. He keeps going back and saying, I, I, should, have, I should have not have listened to them. I shouldn't have been afraid of them. It was the soldiers who did that, and that's not what kings do. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to take our faults and put it, the blame on somebody else, and especially if you're the one who was made a leader. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.